to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. And we're going to read all the way up to verse 16. Now, as we've been dealing with the tabernacle, we went into a bit of theology. We looked at the high priest. So I'm not going to go into those details. The Bible says, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. The same way the high priest on earth would pass to the end of the tabernacle, right? To the Holy of Holies. Our great high priest has passed through the heavens. And it says, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Now, I don't know what confessions you have made, which are as a result of what Jesus has done in your life. But I would advise you to hold fast to them. Hold fast to your confession that you're the righteousness of God. Hold fast to your confession that you're whole. Hold fast to your confession that he became poor so you can be wealthy. Hold fast to your confession that you are joyful. Hold fast to your confession that you are fruitful. Hold fast to your confession because our high priest has passed through to the heavens. Okay? Let's continue. Then it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Next verse. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Somebody say grace to help in time of need. Grace, in today's context, we can define it as supernatural and divine empowerment. Grace is divine empowerment. Have you ever heard somebody saying, I want you to empower me? What do they usually mean? You know, people don't come to your office saying, I want you to empower me. <laughs> you know what they mean, right? Usually like a something like perhaps if you empower them with like a 15 pin they can start a business yeah. <laughs> i think most people think of empowerment in financial terms in short when people are saying empower me they are saying look i've got all these ideas 
I've got all these strategies, but I need something that I can use to be able to bring it out. So for most people, they usually think in the context of money. Others want to be empowered with knowledge. Unfortunately, most people prefer to be empowered with money. <laughs> I do it with knowledge. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so there's an aspect of empowerment, right? Now, grace is not just unmerited favor. Grace is empowerment. Okay? Grace is empowerment. As a matter of fact, have you ever seen what people call the spiritual gifts? The spiritual gifts actually come from the word grace. In the Greek, it's charismata, which is coming from charis, which is grace. Praise God. So grace is empowerment. It's divine enablement. Let me give you an example. Um, let's use a working example. Let's use a young adult's example. Where is faith? Faith. Are you even lifted your hand? Come. Right over here. Now, I remember meeting you when you were how old? 13? Sorry? You were 13. I think your, your father and mother brought you, right? Now, come through. Now, Faith was having challenges with her health, and there was an issue that couldn't really be sorted, and it was disturbing her school and stuff like that. So her, her mom and dad heard about me, and they came to the office, and they brought her. We prayed for a very short time, right? How many minutes? Uh. Maybe even three. Maybe three minutes. <laughs> now, in, on my end, firstly, I've not studied medicine. I have no idea how to enter a person and rewire the systems. So meaning, in that moment, all I did was exert my faith. And the Bible says you've been saved by faith through grace, right? By grace through faith. Not faith through grace. Grace through faith. So meaning when you exert your faith, you create a platform for grace to work. So the healing grace then began to work. And then what happened? You ended up passing in school and stuff like that, right? And now look at her. I think you got saved that day as well, right? Say glory. Glory! <laughs> okay, wonderful. You can take, how old are you now, by the way? You're turning 16. So it's been three years now. So amazing. We can take a seat. Now, why have I used that example? Because it means the difference between the result we wanted to achieve and what I can do in my own strength. The difference was grace. I don't know if somebody is getting my point. So the difference is grace. So grace is empowerment. It's divine enablement. One of the questions I get asked a lot is how do you study a lot of things at once? If I was to tell you, I don't know. Because there are times when I'm in the heat of it and I'm asking myself, why? Fred, why are you doing this? Like, who's ever had that day where you wonder, is school important? <laughs> is it necessary? Who says education is a key to success? You even start quoting to my things. Hey, Shanoko. <laughs> you go read about how Bill Gates dropped out. <laughs> Then he realized he didn't drop out from Jalimbana. <laughs> no, he dropped out from Harvard. 
Praise God. <laughs> then you realize that there are also many dropouts whose names are not recorded in the book of wealth. So what? <laughs> and you also realize that he probably doesn't hire dropouts. So <laughs> no, honestly, I don't think he does. I don't think he goes about saying anyone who's got skill. I don't care about your education. I don't think they do that. <laughs> What I'm saying is that there are days that are harder than others. And what's funny is um, the strength that you need for those moments usually only comes in those moments. It doesn't come before or after. That's why sometimes there is no formula you can give. Because right now if someone also asked me about certain moments of very high pressure, I don't know. I also don't know. But in that moment, there's grace that comes. Praise God. Now, a time of need is a circumstance in which something is very necessary. There are times where grace is extremely necessary. It's always necessary, but there are days where you probably need it more than others. Perhaps I'll also define the term weakness. Weakness. I define weakness differently from the term bondage, by the way. There are many people who, like I've met people who say, ah, pastor, I want to be on fire for God, but girls are my weakness. They're not your weakness. That's probably a bondage. <laughs> because weaknesses are such that we can even boast in them, according to the scriptures. That's probably a bondage. And it's not the girls who bound you. I don't know if you're getting my point. <laughs> so for, I'll give you an example. Lying is not a weakness. It's a bondage. It's not a weakness. It's a bondage. That A bondage needs to be broken. Weakness, on the other hand, is a limitation based on our humanity. A weakness is a limitation. I'll give you a personal example. I remember going to preach somewhere, and this happened to me so many times. But there's one I remember very well. I should have been 16. And so when introducing, they said, okay, so before we have like the, you know, the real man of God, let's just hear from the boy of God. Now, I came with a word loaded. Now, I was introduced as a boy of God. And believe it or not, um, till today, there are people who still think I'm too young. I've been doing this thing for like I don't know how many years. And there are still people who think I'm too young for it. I, I, I stopped trying to be older. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, I want you to think about this. So I would stand in front of an audience. It still happens today. And I'm like so young. Some of them are older. Some of them are my age men. Some of them are younger. But ideally, I'm not the... If someone went to somebody random and said, there's this powerful man of God is an apostle. He's leading this fast-growing church. Oh, when he preaches this and this happens. I don't think I'm the ideal picture that comes to somebody's head. A random person. I'm usually not the... Ask even yourself when you first... When you first... <laughs> I'm very... You know, some maybe there was a revelation or there was an anointing on you or something like that. But usually the typical person when we first meet... I've met people and they're slightly disappointed. <laughs> one person walks in my office, so you're yeah, the one. 
So I should open up to you. And you know, even like Facebook, because Facebook, you put like your best photo and you're like in this suit and you've got this face like, I'm a poster. <laughs> and then somebody meets you and you're in a t-shirt that day and a jean and you say, yeah, what's your problem? <laughs> and I would get a lot of that. And there was a period when it used to intimidate me. I used to feel like I had to make my sermons extra special. I had to try to do extra things. There are certain things I like doing, like playing the keyboard or the guitar. I couldn't do that because I was thinking, people would think, these young pastors. Um, I couldn't do things like preach about money because I was thinking, people would think, these young pastors, they just talk about money. So I was very limited in a box. And then I realized all along, it's always been the grace of God. It's always been the grace of God. And then in that moment, when I've got a message to deliver and there's a limitation, which is my age, what will happen? God then, in that moment, will provide the grace that is needed to cause even those four times my age to sit down and take notice and listen. And that's why I'm saying it's a limitation. A limitation can be anything. There are some people who can think what good can come out of Africa. Others might think, what good can come out of Zambia? Others might even ask, what tribe are you? Chewa. I don't listen to Chewas. They've got nothing to say. As in limitations can come from anything. But in those moments, there is grace. That's where you see the grace of God at work. But that only happens when you step out in faith. The thing is this, you'll never know you can walk on water until you put your foot down. I used to think that to work miracles, I'll use miracles as an example. I used to think that to work miracles, I had to have a feeling. Like that day, my hands would be shaking, my head would go like this, my knees would be wobbling, and I'll know that today a miracle can happen. And you know what's interesting is that I've had some very supernatural moments. Uh, there was a period, I've forgotten which year that was, maybe 2016, 17, where I could feel a wind over my head for like six months. And when I would check my hands, I would always be like gold-like particles. And I was so confident to work miracles. And then the wind stopped. <laughs> <laughs> And what's funny is when you don't have a conference, you don't have a meeting, that's when the wind will be there. And I remember standing and we had a WEM conference. Now, there's a certain lady, I'm trying to remember her name. Her last name is Mitty, Brenda Mitty. Uh, she's from the church I was at. She shares her testimony so I can share it. She had sent me a message before a WEM conference. A few weeks before, she said, Hi, I'm in Kafue. And she explained her physical condition it was bad and she was in hospital. She, it's even in Jesus the healer. And she sends me a message telling me to pray for her. So I said interceding for her. I seriously sensed faith that she would be healed. And then she texted me and said, I've checked myself out of hospital. I'm coming. I said, okay. <laughs> and to be honest, I was extremely bold. I knew this would happen. She came for the meeting, the power of God hit her, she got healed. If you were to see her now, you'd be amazed. Some of you were at the meeting, you, you'd be amazed. How many of you were at that meeting? Nyumbayanga, 
Yeah. Then, the moment that was done, like, I'm now like, I'm good, I'm done. Like, I felt like I was done for the day. Like, the grace for that day <laughs> felt like it was done now. Then somebody comes to me and says, um, they've gone to pick up somebody else. After seeing this miracle, someone has rushed home right now. Thinking, okay. What's the situation? And for Brenda, I'd sent her some notes on healing. So we're at on par. So next thing I see, they're bringing a kid. Now, I've not sent the kid any notes on healing. <laughs> Neither have I sent the mother. And to be honest, I wasn't feeling it. And then they put the kid down and it's like falling to the ground. I'm like, hey. I'm like, what is this? I told Alice, Alice, sing. <laughs> so Alice begins, you are here, bending broken bones. I walked out. No, I'm very serious. If you were at that meeting, do you know I walked outside? I said, God, Achani. <laughs> because honestly, I didn't feel I had prepared adequately spiritually for that. And I said, you know what? I will still go back and minister. And it's only when I went forth that the grace came. Now, that day I sensed it physically, like a jacket. Like I knew, like, okay, up. <laughs> like when the anointing comes on you, like, boom. My goodness. And the interesting thing is, the miracle only started happening when we stepped out on faith and did it boldly. And I remember speaking, I said, in the name of Jesus, align. And you could see like the ribs going back in position. <laughs> How of you are there? <laughs> now, that crazy miracle happened in a moment of weakness. It didn't happen in a moment of strength. It was a moment of weakness. What am I trying to say? Let me just show you a particular scripture. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone has moments of weakness. Everyone has moments of need and weakness. Isaiah 40 verse 30. Whenever the Bible speaks of youths, the Bible speaks of strength. But it says in Isaiah 40 verse 30, that even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Meaning no matter how strong the strongest person you think is, in their own strength, there's a place where it, there's a place where it reaches. And I want to use the Apostle Paul as an example. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 2. And remember by weakness, I mean moments of limitation. I can give you an example. There are moments where circumstances are such that you don't have the usual one hour you like praying. There are moments where circumstances are such that that day, between you and the Lord, in all your genuineness, the only time that you have is 10 minutes. Who's ever had such a day? Well, it's, it's not, if it were up to you, you would have done your usual session. You start with praise. You, go to in, you start with intercession, praise, worship. You sing a song for God. You even share a testimony with him. You read five scriptures. 
you speak in tongues, you do warfare, you go back to intimacy, but then that day just so happens that all you have is five minutes. Who's ever had such a day? Like between you and God, all that's there is five minutes or ten. All of those five, ten minutes are in the car as you're driving. You know there's grace even in such moments. In that moment, there's such grace because of the need that in those 10 minutes, you can do what usually takes you two hours. However, the day you have two hours, try doing 10 minutes, you'll see. <laughs> now, I want us to follow this portion of scripture because it shows something about life sometimes. Paul says, and if you read the context, he was talking about himself. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I do not know, or whether out of the body, I do not know. God knows. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. I'm sure you want to ask about the first heaven and the second one. Not so. There's a reason why Genesis 1 verse 1 says the heavens and the earth. And it says, and I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. Uh-huh. He was caught up into paradise. So the third heaven is paradise, right? He was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which, is, it is not, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Uh -huh. Of such a one I will boast, yet of myself I will not boast except in my infirmities. Now, let me just mention something interesting. What could be better than that? Imagine having an experience of the third heaven. When you come back, how will your shoulders be? Like, do you know me? <laughs> me and, and Michael, we are cool like that. <laughs> I took a selfie with Angel Gabriel and stuff like that. I, I mean, like, you would think there is no better high than that. In short, he was on a high. Look at verse 7. Um... It says, unless I should be exhorted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exhorted above measure. Let's continue. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times, not once, not twice, but thrice, that it might depart from me. Uh -huh. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, I want you to see the, what he was boasting in. He wasn't boasting and saying, I'm boasting that I lie. I'm boasting that... No, he was saying... Let's look at the next verse. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, we know the Apostle Paul faced crazy persecutions. There was a time where he gave his CV of what he suffered, including, I mean, being whipped, being flogged, and so many things. And now, you'd think that such a man who had such an abundance of revelation could probably skip certain processes or perhaps not have certain things happen. And those were probably moments of... What this scripture shows for me is how they're like... 
and I, I don't mean it in the context of your level in life, but sometimes what goes on in the heart or in the mind, they're like, and I'll say it bluntly, sort of like highs and lows on the journey. Like there are better moments and there are other moments which may not be as good. There are other moments which may appear to not be as enjoyable. There are weeks where you can feel like the most prayerful person in the world and the weeks where you wonder, do I pray? There are weeks where you can feel like the most loving person in the world and then someone steps on your toes and you wonder, do I have love? <laughs> now, I don't know if somebody is getting my point. There are moments that can make you wonder and even question the extent of your Christianity. There are moments where it's challenging to do the right thing. There are moments where it's challenging to keep your confession. You know how we are to fight the good fight of faith, right? The next verse is hold fast to your confession. Meaning fighting the good fight of faith, you can tell how you're winning or losing by virtue of your confession. I'm not talking about just parroting. I mean where you genuinely believe it and you can say it in private and in public what your confession is. But ladies and gentlemen, there are moments that are harder than others. But in those moments, the grace that is there is even bigger. There are certain times where God can remove certain challenges. And then there are times where God gives you grace to deal with them. So his grace is sufficient even in those moments. Let me give you a personal example. Um, the amount of feedback I received from my sermon on Wednesday was astounding. I received quite a lot of feedback. Now, the interesting thing is that I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling like preaching on Wednesday. For me to not feel like preaching, <laughs> reason being, I, I had a few disturbances and just a few things I was trying to sort out, but wasn't really getting into them. So I didn't get to have the level of preparation that I usually have when ministering. And there is a certain way I like to prepare because of how much honor I have for the word of God and how much honor I have for you. So I'd even put someone on standby. I said, okay, I don't think, I, I told the board, I said, guys, I don't think I'll minister today. And as I'm walking, praying, I'm saying, God, sorry, I think I've let you down in this moment. I saw a vision, like in half a second. And that vision, I saw this hungry believer, like just this believer who was so hungry and needed certain basics that I needed to teach today, oh, sorry, on that material day. I just saw that hungry believer. I remember I shared it with my wife and we said we'd make a decision around 17. I just kept thinking. Then I heard God say, my grace is sufficient. Like God knows, he knows my heart. He knows how much I love to prepare. So I said, there are moments where you have to learn that it's bigger than your preparations. So he tells me my grace is sufficient. And he taught me to minister. So I thought, okay. The sermon starts around 18. 
uh digon kasando exhort at least up to 1810 but that's at least that's 40 50 minutes for me to like prepare that very moment i received a call that i couldn't drop a very important call in short i had to prepare the sermon whilst on the call and it was a very engaging call it's not those for where you can zone out I'm not saying I zone out and sit in <laughs> and just say uh-huh uh-huh really okay <laughs> okay come to the conclusion <laughs> okay what's the prayer point <laughs> now I'm not saying that's what I do but it was one of those and I started preparing and preparing my goodness I've had hours before to prepare but that grace was amazing. It wasn't there yesterday. So so for this Sunday, this I had to sit for this one. <laughs> I sat, I studied. But in that moment of weakness, what God wanted me to do was to come to the altar boldly. I needed mercy because I didn't have I couldn't prepare the way I'm supposed to as a minister, but I also needed grace in that time of need. So not only did he uh show me compassion for not preparing the way I ought to but he also gave me grace in that moment of need that way no matter what I always say it's by the grace of God and even as I labor I labor by the grace because imagine you can labor for 7 days preparing something God didn't even want you to say praise god and most people have had challenges with presenting themselves just the way they are before god let me give you another example um a few years ago probably two or so i was invited to kenya i was invited to kenya Now during this period of invitation there was a specific date that we chose and we were okay with it our team here in Zambia was okay with it as well and we decided we're going to go ahead with it then i suddenly had a feeling like don't go it was strong i actually called the team to come home and the prayer point was should i go or should i not go pray for 4 hours <laughs> but i already knew the answer so i contacted them and said guys i just don't feel like it can we skip it for a bit now the interesting thing is there was a specific airline that I was going to fly and later on there was that crash that happened with an airline that was going to kenya now it was around those dates that I was going to book in short it could have been that specific airline now on one hand you're like oh wow god thank you for saving me on the other hand you freak out a little like oh and i think i i freaked out without knowing it after some time god gave me a god gave me a like a release saying go during the spirit So what I did I changed the airline. 
I checked the brand of the plane because there was a specific brand that was crashing in that period. So I checked the make and I made sure it wasn't that make. And I just continued doing my business. Then as that was happening, because I had overwatched the news, you know, news can do something to you. <laughs> because I had overwatched the news, I kept thinking and thinking and thinking. Before I knew it, the whole lot of me was actually getting afraid of flying. The whole lot of me. I started thinking, you know, there's a lot of unreached places in Zambia. The Bible says, I was literally telling myself, in Jerusalem, so you're stuck with Jerusalem. In Judea, you don't, there's a lot of, there are places in Zambia that have not been reached. I said, God, send, I'm not even joking. Unconsciously, I was saying, God, send me anywhere in Zambia. Anywhere, I'll go. And I wasn't looking forward to that flight. Then I went before God. I said, God, okay, I'll be honest with you. I know I'm like supposed to be like this powerful man of God, but I think I'm feeling, <laughs> I think I'm tempted to feel a bit scared right now. And he responded. Do you know what he said? He responded with a scripture I've always known, but in that moment it came as a rhema word. And he said, all authority in heaven, because the skies are the heavens, in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore, go. That's the scripture. Hey! Everything in me just went, hey! And I held on to that one as a rhema word. I remember it because it came on the day when I was about to go preach at glory to glory. Yeah. It, it became my rhema word. One hour before the flight, I received an email that there is a change. Your schedule has been changed by 30 minutes. And there's also a change of your plane. And it was the exact brand I didn't want. <laughs> I just said, we should take I slept like a baby. What am I trying to say? There are moments where it may even feel as if your faith is not at its supersonic best. Don't hide away from the altar of God. It's in those moments where some of the most powerful things can happen. Ladies and gentlemen, how many of you have ever had that meal in the fridge, which is your go-to meal for just in case there's only 30 minutes and you won't have time to defrost the full chicken, you won't have time to do this, you won't have time to do that. Like imagine there's that go-to meal which is for those moments. It's not the one that will be eaten every day, but in those moments it can be very helpful. That's how grace works. There's grace that God preserves even just for times of need. So that your boasting will not be in your flesh. Your, your boasting will not be in the amount of hours you pray. Your boasting will be in that God's grace is sufficient. So someone may be sitting and you've seen somebody else get a job because they've got an uncle who's got an uncle who's got an uncle. Perhaps the grace of God worked for them in such a way that they had an uncle who's got an uncle who's got an uncle. But what is it to you? What if for you the grace will work in such a way that someone will just dream of your application and search your name on Facebook? I don't know if you get my point. Somebody may be thinking, well, at least that one's parents bought them a car. What is it to you? Perhaps the grace of God for them was that their parents could afford to buy them a car. But what if for you it is such that he wants your testimony to be different? 
So you will find that grace works differently for different people because the needs may also be different. The pressure may also be different. That's why the definition of a miracle may be different for different people. I remember after a conference, one of our members sent me a message. I literally almost, like I literally almost shed tears. And they said, Pastor, I just want to share something. I said, sure, what is it? Pastor, for the first time in my life, I went to the cinema. I said, thank God. What if for them going to the cinema is by the grace of God? <laughs> I don't know if somebody's getting my point. But that's the thing. He, he's... The reason why we can do that is because he sympathizes with our weaknesses. So let me just show you now two final scriptures for today. Oof. Isaiah chapter 40. My goodness, why am I getting... I'm even feeling emotional. I'm thinking of all the moments where he's just come through. Verse 28. There was a time when, as the city of the Lord Church, we... We made a mistake. There's a process that we're doing that we thought we had thoroughly done, but we didn't do it well. Somewhere there was a loophole. And the day we discovered the loophole, I told the board members, we are all praying from 23 to 02. In a 23, you start praying. Prayer point, you give yourself. 02, when it reaches, we should have an answer. I even told myself, Satan, today, as in today, the stuff that I'll do to you today. As in, I told myself, I'll pray. Like, today, I'm knocking on heaven's door. I'm banging heaven's door. So we started the prayer session. I think I was with Pastor Lastin's at home. A few others had gone elsewhere. I went on my knees. The way sleep came on me, I fell asleep. <laughs> That's at 23. And then at 0155, I had a prophetic dream which had the answer for five minutes. Zero two, I woke up. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> it's like God, now I'm not saying you don't pray about situations, but there are moments where God just shows that look, I'm the one here. I'm the one in this thing. <laughs> that if anybody asks, how did the city reach this level? Even those men, they were told to have stones of remembrance. They were told, keep these stones. So that one day when your children ask, why do you have these stones? You'll say, look, we were not always free people. There was a period where we were slaves. I don't know, I don't know if you're getting my point. When, the, when our children will ask, why these photos? We'll say, hey, we did not always have our own place. There was a period we had to really, really time our services. Where we couldn't do every activity we want to do. Why do you have Sundays or days where the whole day, church has finished, everyone is just still in, in the premises. Say, look, we did not always have that privilege. Once upon a time, <laughs> it was limited. Why are people always coming for setup when everything is already set up? Look, <laughs> once upon a time, <laughs> there are moments within. 20-30 minutes would have to change it from a wedding where people were drinking to a holy house of God. So we, we know how it feels like. And we'll say it's by the grace of God. Praise God. The day you realize it's by grace, you'll always share this grace. That's why I can trace so many things to grace. I had a dream when I just finished my first degree. I dreamt that someone came to me and laid hands and said, from today onwards, you walk in divine intelligence. So I got up and I'm like, what was I walking in? <laughs> All these years. And then a week later, somebody else came and laid hands on me and said, from today, you walk in divine productivity. 
So I labored in that grace. I researched, and productivity is the amount of output per unit of input. So from that day, I knew that for me, investing one hour in anything was as good as anybody else investing five. I knew. I knew it. That's why I judge myself by higher standards. Not like, I'm not even joking. From that day, I knew that my schedule wouldn't allow me to be in study groups and all those things and meet for groups. I can't. I, I don't have that time. So I knew that for me, <laughs> I needed that. Some, somebody was asking for study methods. I said, I'm the wrong person to ask because what I would tell you is you open the book and then you look at it and you go to the next page. <laughs> but you know something? I can easily pray and lay hands on another person believing that that same grace will be shared. Why do I say so? Because it came by grace. I didn't have to work for it. So let's go. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Uh-huh. He gives power to the weak. You see, those who know they are limited in their human strength, those are the ones he gives power to. That's why sometimes people err. When they find someone, let's say they're at a funeral, they're in the morning period, and they just told them, be strong. Be strong in what? No, what I'm trying to say is that sometimes you expect people to get strength from where? There are moments where people's strength may have reached its max. We should encourage them to be strong in the Lord. We should tell them, look, you may, be, you, may, you may wonder, how will I reach a place where I understand? How will I reach a place where I feel okay? Tell them it will be by the grace of God. It's not in their own strength. I hope you're hearing me. Because there are times we ask people to access strength from where? If the battery is low, it's low. Let them connect to the super one, the one who never... <laughs> and it says he gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. And then notice, that's when it says, even youths uh -huh, shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Let me tell you what that means. The weak in this context are those who know that in themselves they will not be able to fully manage. The youths in this context are those who think that in themselves they've got all the strength they need. I don't know if you're to get my point. I don't know about you, but my dream, my visions, no, they are way bigger than my capacity right now. <laughs> way bigger. Way bigger. Now think about it. Some of those things you dream about, you cannot manage to have the money even with 10 years of working. Even if you never use the coin in 10 years. Some of, some of your visions are way bigger than that. So when you get up every day knowing that for you it's by the grace of God, what does he do? He gives power. He gives strength. So they, they, they are, there is a group of people that think it's in themselves. But no matter how strong they are, there is a point where they just hit their marks. If a car, if the speedometer for the car is 150, there is a point where it just can't go beyond 150. However, there is another kind of people. <laughs> It says, but those who wait on the Lord. Now, the word wait there, if you had to look at it from its Hebrew context, it's not like sitting and saying, I'm waiting. The word wait, it's a very active word. It's a very active word. Have you ever watched an animal hunt? 
They don't sit like sleeping and saying we are waiting for the animal. No, they are active. And then there is a focus. There is a focus. But if I'm to give it a more literal context of waiting scripturally, it's it's like a form of fellowship. It's like tying to. You should just look look at its Hebrew root. You will notice that waiting on the Lord denotes fellowship with the Lord. And whenever there is fellowship, we know it's an altar. Now, fellowship is it's it's in, it's exchange, it's intercourse. So it's like I give you, you give me. So I go before the word of God, I give him weakness, he gives me strength. I give him sorrows, he gives me joy. So something happens to these kind there's a kind of there's a breed of people who wait on the Lord. What happens to them is their strength is renewed. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Then they'll mount up on wings like eagles. Now what happens with eagles is that they go on the mountain and they wait for the wind. And then the wind carries them in their flight. When you wait upon the Lord and he renews your strength, usually what, one of the keys is that your discernment becomes on point. You know what to do. You know which direction to go in. And I, I don't know if you're getting my point. And he says, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. 2022 on fire. 2032 on fire. Hey, 2052 on fire. That kind where people are waiting for your downfall. But when you are the kind that does not go down. Hey. And if anybody asks you how, why, where, when, you say it's by the grace of God. Where there's a renewal that takes place on the inside, day by day. Where today you can look down, <laughs> but the story is not over. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting my point. They may have thought the story was over for Paul and Silas. They've flogged them, they've whipped them. And you know, they are in prison. I'm sure they are wounded, they are blooded. And they look at each other like, look, as long as I still have breath, <laughs> there is still yet hope for me. I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And what did they do? They began praising God. And in that moment of weakness, I, I've got a feeling they sang Chinea that day. Because, I mean, you've been whipped, you're blooded up. There's no keyboard, there's no drama. But that day they just sang, I praise you, Lord, I praise you, Lord. And boom, the Lord showed up in that moment. Ladies and gentlemen, be open with God. Back to Hebrews 4. Learn to ask God for help. Learn to ask him for help. Notice that when you read Hebrews 4, it's an active verse. It's not a passive one. Pastor Joe is always teaching about this. Don't be a passive believer. Like, engage God. Learn to ask him for help. I've got like, how many of you have got like exam rituals? By the way, ritual is not a bad word. Like, judge. I know, I know what. Well, like in Africa, so when you say ritual. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Please, guys. <laughs> I'm, 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 like, it's just English, okay? So now, for me, one of them is very interesting. So for, th this is me, right? Like, on the material day, I rarely read anything. I'll be calm. When I reach, I don't talk to anyone because sometimes people ask you, do you know about, ah, those don't work for me. And then when we sit and they give out the papers, I don't usually read when they say everybody go through. That, that's me. 
<laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> so I'll be seated. Then there's always that one who's noticed a mistake and all that kind of stuff. Then the moment they say, everybody start writing now. That's a moment I'll like lift my hands now and say, oh God, this is your exam. <laughs> Help me with what I studied. And Lord, where, for some reason, I was not so prepared. Your grace. <laughs> it's sufficient. Now, for me, what I'm doing there is I'm saying, Lord, this is like, I'm not got as intelligent or as prepared. It's still by your grace. So I try to deliberately engage him. Like just to be deliberate about engaging him. <laughs> I'm remembering one moment I carried one pen to the exam room. I was very confident that day. And it was the last paper. <laughs> and I was going to preach in Kawe afterwards. So I carried one pen saying it's not possible. People always come with 15 pens but always use one. And when the pen stopped working, <laughs> I said, oh God. Send me help. <laughs> so one of the invigilators comes and says, is there an issue? I said, no, I need a pen. She laughed and gave me. Apparently, she's friends with one of our members at church. <laughs> so she texted, I gave your pastor a pen. But anyways, <laughs> beyond that, may the Lord bless her. Funny thing, I was done. I've talked about academics a lot today. Is, maybe there's some grace that's been released. Now, when I, was, <laughs> when I was done, I used the same question paper to prepare my sermon. <laughs> then when I noticed we had an hour to go, I immediately excused myself. My ride was outside to take me to Kawe for an overnight. Now, Hebrews 4, don't try that at home. It says, from verse 14, with everything that I've shared, let's now read this. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Uh -huh. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us, the, in short, he understands our humanity. Our high priest understands even our humanity. There's a reason why even the humanity of Jesus is shown in the scriptures. Have you noticed that there are certain scriptures where you wonder why did the Lord allow us to see them? How come the Lord allowed us to see that Jesus wept even when he knew Lazarus was coming back? How come the Spirit of God allowed us to see that there was a point where even Jesus was overwhelmed and said, Lord, can't this cup pass before me? Nevertheless, not my will but yours. How come the Lord allowed us to see Jesus like looking at his disciples and saying, you stiff-necked people. I'm not saying that's what I do. Like there was a time Jesus looked at his disciples and said, how long shall I be with you? I mean, the, it, it, that sounded like a bit of frustration. So we've got a high priest who knows how it feels. He knows what it's like. There was a period they came to tell the Yumwe, tax. They didn't tax. They were all in the government at that period. There was a period, there were so many people to feed, 5,000. There's a reason God allowed us to see that. There's a reason why God allowed us to see Jesus managing crisis. There was a storm in the boat Jesus was in. 
A company can be having trouble where you're in, but it doesn't have to end with being in trouble. I don't know if you're getting my point. The storm was there. The storm was a Jesus or not Jesus, we're blowing. <laughs> Have you ever had certain things happening? Like, how can this be happening to me? As a believer as I am. There's a reason why the Bible allows us to see that. And have you noticed that most of the miracles in the Bible come from periods of crisis? They come from period of crisis. Now, what should we do then? Let us therefore come boldly. Now, when it says come boldly, it means there's a deliberate engagement must, that must be there. It means there are certain things you won't access until you learn to go before him and say, Father, here I am. This is a challenge. I need your help with this. So we come boldly to the throne of grace. And what happens at that throne? We obtain mercy compassion, sympathy, but it doesn't end there. And find grace to help in time of need. If there's one thing I believe every Christian needs to learn, it's this. That it's okay when you don't feel you can manage but don't leave it there. Learn to come before him boldly and find grace that will help you. Amen. I want every eye closed for a moment. I want to begin with any person in this place that is saying, Pastor, I want to come to the throne of grace and obtain salvation for my soul. You don't have to go to hell. My brother and sister, you don't have to go to hell. You don't have what it takes to pay back for your sin. But Jesus already paid the price. Now even as I call this article, if you're having a debate within yourself, is it me, it's not me, usually it's you. If you're having a debate, can I do it in my seat, can I do it in front, it's usually better to profess your profession in front of everybody else. So if you're one of those people who wants, who's saying, I want to just be born again today. Perhaps you may have been walking in this path, but you strayed. I want to give you this opportunity. I want you to raise your hand high. Like just raise one hand high so I can see it. I'm seeing the hands so far. Just raise them high. Raise them high. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Just raise them, raise them, raise them. Whether you're male, you're female, young, old, just raise it. There's such grace. Lift your hands, please. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Oh, what a savior. Ashley, you can come lead the prayer of salvation. For sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. So she's going to lead us in a prayer. And I want you to say the words that she will say. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you as I am in my vulnerability, in who I am. I come before you to your arms 
your arms that are open wide for me. I give my life to you. I ask that you lead me. I ask that you guide me. I ask that you help me be on fire for you. Amen. Amen. Wow. Let's lift your hands. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you. There is grace and it's sufficient for you. Receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now for everyone, the word that I sense from the Lord is all the grace that is needed for you to be the best that God has called you to be is there. There are some who have been second-guessing themselves. They've been doubting themselves. They've been doubting whether their grace has expired. All the grace that's needed for you to be the best that God has called you to be is sufficient. Walk in it. Walk in it. Walk in it. And even as you acknowledge this grace, it gets easier. It gets easier. What you couldn't lift before, you begin to lift. It gets easier. Be strengthened with might in your inner man. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Wow. How many of you have been blessed by this service? service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0 If you are unable to call, you can email us on the City of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.